Welcome to the PITC UK podcast with your host, Daryl Ferns, and her partner in true crime, Tom Ferns. Welcome everyone to episode two of the PITC UK podcast with your host, Daryl Ferns, and myself, Tom Ferns. So what case are we going to be talking about today? So this week I thought that we'd do something a bit different and go for a solved case. Okay. Um, rather than a mystery. Yeah, yeah. So I've chosen the disappearance of the McStay family. Okay. So no if... idea what that is. Yeah, yeah, okay, good. So this is like the first case that I remember watching when I was younger. Not even that younger, I think I maybe just got with you. So about 12 years it, ago. It, yeah, it's around 2010 that it takes place, so... Yeah, it would have been not long after, And yeah. I watched it on Disappeared, do you remember that? Yeah, it was ID a great channel. show, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this just stuck with me. It stuck with me from that moment, because it's just so... It seems so bizarre. Obviously now it's solved, and it was solved very recently. Right, okay. So it's sort of like my first case that I was like really into, and have sat back and watch it sort of develop over develop time and then eventually get solved yeah so i thought that this would be an interesting one to cover absolutely and yeah so i'll start yeah let's get cracking so the mcstay family were an average tight-knit family of four from fallbrook in california the family consists of father joseph or joey who owned and operated a decorative fountain business called Earth Inspired Products, and mum, Summer, who worked in real estate. By 2010, Joey and Summer had been together for five years, and together they had two beautiful little boys, Gianni, who was four, and Joseph Jr., who was three. Italian family, then. It seems like it, yeah. yeah. Um, The boys, again, this involves... Young children. Oh, yeah. I I, I keep choosing the really heavy cases. I apologise. So, uh, once again, just like our our first episode, you know, um, just a bit of a warning that this may, you know, come as a shock for some listeners. But if you're a true crime fan, then I'm sure... It is, but even this one gets me because, obviously, we've got two boys. We've got two boys. similar ages and... Yeah. Or were similar ages at one point. And, yeah, it's, it's quite sad, but... They also had two dogs called Bear and Digger. Um, Digger was a puppy who were just as much a part of the family as the sons. Um, in November 2009, the McStay family had just moved into a five-bedroom home in Fallbrook and had plans to renovate it and sell it on for profit so that they could move to where they were most happy, the coast. Well, so, okay. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah. <laughs> Something I'd, I'd like to do. Definitely. Uh, the mixed days were by all accounts a happy family, but their marriage wasn't without its problems. There aren't many details that I could find about what these were specifically, but it's believed that Joseph was in pursuit of finding a marriage counsellor um, just a little bit before they disappeared. Right, okay. So, I mean, I don't think that's abnormal. No, absolutely not. I think, you know, any marriage can go through turmoil no without, without uh, you know, murder at the end of it, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, that that's uh, yeah, okay. So you're getting a good, getting a good picture of what, who they are and and yeah. and the type of family. They seem like a you know a very normal family with mm-hmm. two young boys, two dogs. Yeah. Oh, so you can you can see the 
house, white picket fence, you know, mm-hmm. the, the sort yeah. of American dream, as they say. Um, but yeah, no, that you're painting a very clear picture of, very of who they are. Well, at noon on the 4th of February 2010, Joseph McStay left home for a meeting with his business associate, Chase Merritt, in Rancho Cucamonga. <laughs> I think that's right. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. That, say, say it again, but fast. Rancho Cucamonga. There we go. That doesn't even sound like a word. No. <laughs> on the same day at 7.47pm, neighbours' surveillance cameras show around 18 inches of the McStay's white 1999 Isuzu trooper leaving uh, the street. So the camera only catches about 18 inches because it must have been quite far away. Yeah. Um, because of this, uh, they couldn't tell who was actually in the vehicle. Right, okay. They couldn't tell who was driving it or... Just that it was leaving so, the area. Who, what passengers are in it. You can just see the car leaving the area. At 8.28, a call was placed from Joey to Chase. Okay which uh, went to voicemail. So this is the last phone call that he ever makes. Chase doesn't answer it because he's watching a movie with his family. Uh, and at this time, Joseph's phone pinged off a tower in Fallbrook. Okay, so he wasn't far. No, he was around home-ish. Yeah. Several days passed, and in this time, no one had heard from Summer or Joey. Joseph's father, Patrick McStay, stated that it was unusual for his son to take a cell phone... It wasn't unusual, sorry, for his son to take cell phone holidays, where he'd switch his phone off from time to time to break, take a break uh, for a couple of days. But he did stay in the CNN documentary on this case, which is available to watch on YouTube, that he spoke to his son the day he disappeared and didn't feel that anything was abnormal. He said, without a doubt, Joey would have confided with him if he was in trouble. Right, okay. so they had a good relationship. Joseph, yeah, Joseph yeah. and his father, you know, they were described as best friends. Right, okay. He talked to his dad every day. Mm-hmm. On February 9th, five days after the mixed days were last seen, Patrick, uh, Joey's dad, received an email from a business associate of Joseph's um, called Daniel Kavanagh. Or I'd say Kavanagh. Kavanagh, but I, Kavanagh. Think, it, I think it's pronounced Kavanagh. Yes. Uh, he wrote that he was a little alarmed because he hadn't had any contact with Joey, including by email, which was unusual because business inquiries and orders were being ignored. Um, he also hadn't been paid. Okay. So basically, I think the dynamics of that business where that um, Joseph owned the business okay. and then he'd sort of like employ subcontractors to... Do his work. Do the work. Yeah, yeah. So it was a a big uh, display fountain business. And okay. Make like really really expensive. Fancy fountains. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something that I've probably never seen in my life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think Dan was the sort of did like the the internet bits. So yeah. And um, Chase, who's also uh, an associate for the company, he is the welder. He actually physically makes the fountains. Okay. But it does seem that Joseph was, like, the main guy Yeah. in it. So just for reference, because it takes it took me a while to get my head around that. Yeah. <laughs> On February 13th, Joseph's brother Michael travelled to the McStay res- residence and upon finding an open window, climbed in and gained access to the property. 
Michael didn't find any of the family at home, but Digger and Bear, the two dogs, were left outside with without food or water, which was odd because he didn't think that they'd just take off without getting the dogs taken care of, especially as Summer had previously referred to Bear as her third child. Yeah, that's... Again, it's... With having, you know, family pets, they are, they do become family, don't they? And, you know, it, unless something really strange has happened, because if they've only ever shown love towards those dogs before, for them to just be left there in the backyard, no food and drink. Yeah. Which they were. quite strange. I mean, I read um, that Summer had had Bear for 13 years. Yeah. So the... It's a huge like red a, flag that a, a yeah. big a close bond. And, yeah. You know, my mum asks us to mind her dog when she's just dip, like on a longer shift in work. Yeah. Like absolutely. people that love the dogs. They don't just leave they them don't like just that. Leave, not no. for like this is what five days later since they, they were last seen. Yeah, that it just it, that is a red flag. Absolutely. And uh, it was to to Joey's uh, brother Michael on the fifteenth of February. Michael phoned the San Diego County Sheriff's Department and reported the McStays as missing. Officers arrived at the home and requested a search warrant to be executed on the 19th. No signs of a struggle or foul play was found inside the home and there was no evidence of a break-in, but it didn't seem like the family were intending to be gone long either. There were signs of a hurried departure. Okay. So eggs were left rotting on the kitchen counter and two child-sized bowls of popcorn were left on the couch as though the kids were about to watch a movie before they suddenly had to leave. Yeah. If someone's going somewhere, you know, long-term, they, they you know, I don't know how, how it works properly, but you'd expect at least a big bundle of clothes to go. Uh, yeah, and, then, and none of that was taken. There yeah. was nothing missing from that. And then you'd organise, like, a, a removal van a few days later I mean, or something. they'd just moved into the home and they were renovating it, so it was quite... They, they hadn't got all the furniture in the house yet. Okay. So it was quite empty. Well, that in itself is, is still quite, you know, odd. Because, again, family moves home, that's usually the sign of a start of something new mm-hmm. um and again as you mentioned earlier you know that if they're going through counseling new homes sometimes move into a new place stressful. gives you mm-hmm. it, it's stressful but it also gives you a fresh start yeah, yeah so definitely. you know that that obviously may tie into that but yeah if you uh want to carry on then we'll... so michael's brother he noticed that you know the there were like kids toys still left out and stuff like that yeah. now for me personally <laughs> yeah, That's that, like if, home, if we yeah. went missing and my mum come round and was like, there's kids' toys left on the floor, that wouldn't be unusual. No. Because I find there's literally no point in ever putting toys back because they Until just it's come bedtime. back yeah. again. Um, and also, you know, things like popcorn, the kids are always leaving bowls of food everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But for this family, that wasn't normal. Yeah. And obviously, his brother understood that so decided to call the police so during the investigation the police learned that four days after the disappearance on february the 8th the family's suv had been impounded and towed from a strip mall car park in san diego near the mexican border the police obtained warrants for the suv the mixed days computers and their cameras nothing unusual was found in the car and the seats were in their usual positions for Joseph and Summer's size. But forensic reports on the computer come back as noting that some very strange searches had been made. On January 28th, someone 
made inquiries related to information about travel to Mexico and passports for children. What? Right. So, obviously, based on the first episode, um, and obviously this now, why are people searching things, like, really ominously, I like, mean, on, like, on the... I don't, I don't really find anything strange about, you know, oh, travel to Mexico, because, like... It could just be a trip, it, yeah. Not, it, you could just be, like, intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> like, I make really weird searches all the time. Well, yeah, being a true crime fan, obviously, not, yeah. Not just that, like, I have a thought that comes into my head, and, like, I've not got an example right off the top of my head, but, like... And I'll be like, I don't know the answer to that. And then I'll just Google it and it can be yeah, really like just so random and like bizarre. It's like getting caught up in that sort of YouTube cycle, isn't it? You watch one video and then you're, you know, three hours in and it's, uh, you know, you're watching cat videos. You know, it's one of those be, things. Like I'll literally just be lying in bed and I'm like, hmm, I wonder if like fish can sing or something <laughs> ridiculous like that. And then... So I, I find nothing strange about this, but obviously no. it ties into the case. Absolutely, I, I, It yeah, probably yeah. wouldn't have been strange until they found the car yeah. next to the Mexico border. And then, I guess, Okay. put two and two together. Right, okay. So that is the next part that I was... So seeing as the car was found so close to the Mexican border, and now the police had evidence that someone in the family was searching for information on travel and documentation to Mexico, they began analysing footage to see if they could find any clues that the family had crossed the border. Eventually, they came across a group of four who resembled the McStays from the evening of the 8th of February, around two hours after they believed the car was parked and left at the strip mall. The footage isn't clear and their faces aren't visible, but investigators thought that the size of the people on the footage was a good match for the mixed days. Okay. And this footage, I think, is available on YouTube to watch. I mean, it's not very clear, but... Yeah. It, I, like, really remember this from way back when I first heard about this case because I just thought it was so weird. Yeah, just... Again, though, it's, like, it's how likely is it that it is them? Well, exactly. That's the thing. But, like, when you do add it all together, they've got the search inquiries on google yeah, about mexico, mexico and then yeah. the cars found in mexico and then these people resembling this family around the time that the car was parked yeah it, yeah i get that it, it is just like okay it seems like something coming together but when the family the mcstays uh analyzed the video they did feel like the two boys and the woman resembled Gianni, Joey Jr. and Summer, but they knew the man was not Joseph because the man in the footage did not have big bushy hair like Joseph. So Joseph, Joseph had like a like really wavy, beachy sort of surfery hair. Okay. Which I do feel like even though the video footage isn't that clear, you'd be able to see like the silhouette. Could he not have shaved his head? Potentially. If you didn't want to be recognised, if, you, if you're a fugitive or you have some form of, exactly. you know, someone chasing after you, you want to change your appearance. Yeah. So, you know, and, and again, you know, I'm just making an assumption here, but, you know, the only reason that people tend to go to Mexico is mm-hmm. if they're running from something or, you know, they're trying to hide from someone. Yeah. So, you know, key part of that is if I was trying to change the way I looked, the first thing I would do would yeah. be shaved my head. Yeah, exactly. I'd like, do something with mine or get a wig or yeah you'd do some diet or mm-hmm. you'd try and change something so you know especially if he's known for having this 
beachy long hair. Uh, and like it's quite a distinctive hair as well. Like that's it. Of course, if they feel like they could identify him through his hair, then it is a distinctive. Well, thing. that's that's the thing, especially with with hair like that. You know, I've got friends who've got you know really big hair like that, and if they you could you can identify someone from two hundred yards away, <laughs> yeah. if not further away, just by the hair. Yeah. Um, I mean, me me right now after getting caught in the rain before. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it, it. You can identify people from just that. So, you know, what bigger shock? Like, I've had friends who've had, like, shoulder-length hair and then you go to the pub the next week and they've shaved it off and you don't recognise them. even things just like a beard. Yeah. If someone's had, like, a really big beard and then all of a sudden it's gone, it's, like, off. a completely different it person. It is, like, a different person, yeah. Anyways, the police sort of i guess agreed with you and concluded that the group on the video was most likely the the mixed days um and then they went with the theory that they had probably crossed the border into mexico of their own accord yeah so they they weren't you know held at gunpoint or you know forced to go over the the, no I, i i do i think at this point they thought that um yeah they were just fleeing they were just i guess yes patrick mixed day Joey's father, uh, however, was adamant that this wasn't his family. He said that Summer was actually afraid of Mexico and there was no way she would willingly take her children across the border because she believed it was a safety threat due to recent drug wars and trafficking, which is understandable. Yeah. I'd really like to go to Mexico, but I'm not sure that it's somewhere that I'd want to live. Want to take the kids. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, you don't go to, you know, those parts of Mexico. You go to Cancun or yeah. the sort of... The places that Mexican people don't want you to see, mm-hmm. you know, just like in, you know, you hear about like how regimented like North Korea is mm-hmm. and places like that. And they only allow you to see what they want you to see. Yeah. Um, and, you know, tourism boards and stuff like that from different countries. I imagine if, you know, even if you flew to England. You know, if you were on a trip, they only take you to places that they want you to see. They don't want you to see you know, run down, <laughs> run down places or, Scunthorpe. you know, yeah, Scunthorpe. <laughs> um, you know, they, they want to take you to places that, you know, they want you to see. Yeah, and, and also where you're going to spend money. That's you? it. And where, where they know it's safe. Yeah. So, yeah, I can get and, that. And I, I, I think, I'm not an expert, but I do think that, like, when you cross the border, you end up in, like, Tijuana. Yeah. Or something that is known for Gangs trafficking. And That's where and, you know yeah. the the child uh, traffickers will end up, and like yeah. human traffickers and sex traffickers and stuff like that. So, yeah, I I couldn't, I don't think I'd I'd want to do that. No. But I mean, if you're desperate, if you are on the run or someone's after you, or that's it. At this point, obviously, I don't know. Where it is, so I'm just making assumptions of what I believe. No, your assumptions are very good. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> the family also didn't take any of their documentations. In fact, Summer and the children didn't even have passports, so it would have proved extremely difficult for them to enter Mexico. Now, I did read that you don't need a passport to get into Mexico. But if you want to come back. But if you want to come back, you need a yeah. passport. So okay. if they were going to Mexico without passports they weren't planning on coming back because there's no way and I've heard about how strict it is getting back into America, to get back yeah, into yeah. America. yeah yeah that makes sense I mean obviously people still do it yeah $100,000 was left untouched in Joseph's bank account and has remained in there ever since okay 
At this point, investigators were becoming quite concerned over the lack of leads in the investigation and admitted that they had no idea what to do. In April 2013, the local police handed the case over to the FBI. It's a bit, you know, again, three, what was it, three years Mm -hmm. between, you know, and I think there is only so much you can do at a small level, you know, and what better place to give it to than the FBI, I guess. Yeah, and it is, it it really is just like a, a head scratcher because for one, it's so unusual that like a whole family will disappear. Yeah. Like that's what I remember thinking going back to that disappeared episode that I watched. I was watching it like how does a family disappear? A full family. Like maybe yeah. like the dad walked away, yes. the one of the kids ran away, but like something has got to have happened for all four of them. Something's got to have happened. At this point the majority of the theories revolved around Summer. Summer had many aliases and often changed her name, which the public found strange and believed it somehow made her untrustworthy. 100%. You think that's it, weird? It, yeah, very. You know, it's... Unless you've got something to hide, why would you have an alias? Yeah. You know, you. it's okay to have a, you know, an alternative persona, you know, if you're in show business or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, she had a couple as well, like... Yeah, you know, it's okay for stage name or, you know, something along those lines, yeah, but to have, you know, just an everyday alias, why? Hmm. And every that, now and weird. again, she would go by, like, a different names. Because she, she wasn't born Summer, I think her okay. name was something like Amy. Right, okay. <laughs> It wasn't Amy, but, you know, just yeah. like a, an everyday But again, name. also as well, like, did her husband know that she used these aliases? Because I believe they did, uh, because I think that's how through the family is how they know that she had these aliases. Okay, so if that's the, like, I, I can't imagine you ever coming in and going, you know, oh, I'm gonna have an alias. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I just find that I mean, really it's odd. Not at the top of my priority list, but like, yeah. I wouldn't mind changing my name. Yeah, <laughs> but again, it, you know, it's one of those. It just find that really odd, but. Yeah. Well, the public did as well, and yeah, they it made her look a bit fishy. Yeah. And radio host Nick Baker published a book called No Goodbyes, The Mysterious Disappearance of the McStay Family, and speculated that Summer was responsible for the disappearance and even accusing her of murder, uh, wow. the murder of her husband and two children. Okay. People also started to believe that Summer had been slowly poisoning Joseph as he'd been suffering with a mysterious illness in the months before he disappeared, describing his symptoms as similar to vertigo, often feeling tired and lethargic. Chase Merritt, which was the business Business partner partner sort of thing, uh, even recalled a time when Joseph had said to him that he should probably start eating out more and stop eating her food. Hmm. You know, it's I suppose I've had that with your cooking. Um but <laughs> No you haven't. No, I haven't. Um no, I think yeah, that's odd. That's yeah. very odd. And he was undiagnosed as well, he'd been feeling poorly for quite a while. And uh That's usually a sign that something's not right. Oh yeah, definitely. Merritt also wrote an entire book discussing this theory and analysing Summer's behaviour in the months leading up to their disappearance, calling her possessive and aggressive, but ultimately Merritt's book was never published. 
Chase himself was a person of interest at the beginning of the investigation because he was the last person to see Joseph at the meeting they attended together at Rancho Cucamonga on the day <laughs> that he and his family went missing. Chase and Joseph also spoke on the phone several times that day and Chase missed Joseph's final call. The police ruled him out, though, when he voluntarily took a lie detector test and passed. Okay. According to Investigation Discovery's Disappeared episode on the case, common theories about the mixed day's disappearance were that they were in witness protection, on the run, or had been abducted. However, the police seemed to settle with the theory that the mixed days disappeared on their own accord by fleeing to Mexico to start a new life. There were rumours that prior to their disappearance, they were unable to pay their rent before they moved to Fallbrook. Okay. And were being hounded by debt collectors. Investigators noticed uh, noted that it's not illegal for adults to go missing. The family dispute this, though, arguing that there's no way they would have they would have just left. If it's hounded by debt collectors, obviously I don't know how much the debt would be, but if he's got a hundred grand sat in the bank, exactly. You know that doesn't add up. No. Um, you know, the witness protection side of things, yeah, very possible, you know, because that is something that, you know, isn't on police record for protection. There's mm-hmm. only a limited number of people that would know where they are. It's very secretive. You know, and, you know, the whole passport situation, obviously they get new identities, which she'd love, yep. I'm sure, um, with her aliases. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't um, need one. She can just... That's it, she'd do one herself. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it's, yeah... It sounds to me, again, this is just going off movie cliches, but, you know, to me, it sounds like they were on the run. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because, again, the house being left the way it was, the popcorn. It's so eerie, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know, like for, for, when, you, when you add it up so far where they're up to now, to me, it sounds like they were in a rush to leave and, yeah. and get out of there quickly. So... You know, again, the, the whole poisoning thing, and yeah, that is a little bit odd. Um, but again, as it stands at the moment, it's indicating that they were on the run to me. Okay. Well, on the 11th of November uh, 2013, which was four years after the family's disappearance, an off-road motorcyclist found four sets of human remains buried in two shallow graves in the Mojave Desert, just outside of Victorville, California, a hundred miles away from their home. A rusty three-foot sledgehammer was also retrieved from beside the burial site. Two days later, the skeletonized remains were positively identified as being that of the the family. Wow. The deaths were ruled a homicide, and the authorities believed that they died as a result of blunt force trauma inside their home. Oh, okay. So how do you well, feel? That's that's sort of blown my yeah. theory out. Um but it also, you know, with regards to what what Joseph's dad said, Joey's dad, and he's saying that, you know, that those four people outside of you know, on that camera was not them and he and he, and he seemed right. Um, that's the thing, I think people do just know. Yeah. Whether it's like a inclination or a gut feeling or something. I think when it's your loved one. Who you know inside and out. Where were they found again, sorry? Uh, what do you mean? Where where were the bodies found? Uh, in the desert. In the desert? Yeah. So not even Mexico? No, no. Uh, still California. Still California. Yeah. Okay. I think it was... Uh, did I say Victorville? It was Mojave, Mojave Desert. Yeah, the, Mojave, uh, the Mojave Desert, just outside of Victorville, California, okay. which I think is in Lake San Diego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, that that is odd. 
that is very odd for them to four years four years yeah that's, and they were right there the whole time that's, that's i mean it's the desert so oh yeah it is yeah of course yeah imagine being the father or the mom and knowing that they're still not even in mexico do you know what it. i mean yeah that they're still 100 miles away from home which in the scheme of things isn't that far away well they've they've, they've yeah, compared to America, you know, they, they think 100 miles, well, 500 miles is a short trip. So it, it's it's odd that all four were found together because obviously that disputes the fact that, yeah. you know, one of them did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing as well. Like, it's not like <laughs> it was like a murder-suicide. Yeah. Where, they, like, they were all Summer shot killed. everybody and then killed herself because they were buried. Yeah, They that's were buried it. in shallow graves. That's it. And, um, yeah, I, I think that Summer was buried with Gianni in one grave and Joey was with Joey in another grave. That's heartbreaking. Which is heartbreaking. Yeah. And these kids are absolutely gorgeous. That's awful. And, yeah. So theories of who could have killed the McStays included a professional hit and cartel involvement, but the sheriff dismissed these, saying due to the graves being shallow, and too close to the road, it meant it was unlikely. Yeah. So he, he basically was saying that if it was a professional hit, it would have been... A deep grave. It, w- it, it would have been, been yeah. far away. It would have so been right in the middle of the desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the cartel thing, he said it was sort of like too too soon to, to tell. Yeah. Well, again, the alias thing, you know, that, that does still give me a red flag. Yeah. You know, and all that, you know, trying to cover her tracks and stuff. So it, it's... It's possible, yeah, she could have been tied up in, in some form of trouble. But, yeah, I'm sure you'll explain as we go on. Sure I will. The police invested the case as a homicide for the next 12 months. And in November 2014, they discovered that Chase Merrick's mobile phone had been placed near the location of the graves on February 6, 2010, shortly after the last time the family were seen. And his DNA was found on the steering wheel and gear stick of the SUV that was found abandoned by the Mexican border. So one of the business partners. Yep. And Joey's best friend. Wow. Uh, Merritt's arrest was announced on November 7th, 2014. And he was charged with four counts of murder. He pleaded not guilty. The district attorney saw the death penalty. Wow. According to the arrest warrant affidavits filed in the case... Autopsies concluded that all four victims had been beaten to death with a blunt object. The investigators obviously believed it was the sledgehammer found with the bodies. That makes sense. Uh, investigators testified that they believed the victims were tortured before they were murdered. And there was reason to believe that Summer had also been sexually assaulted. A fair, maybe? Well, again, this, this, these are just... You know, so so go on. What what do you think that maybe? Again, you know, you know more about this stuff, but obviously when I've listened to stuff, especially something as brutal as this, it could be a crime of passion. There could well be that someone was having an affair with Chase, um, and he's 
she he's either give her an ultimatum and again this is movie stuff you know this, but this it is, does happen yeah it does happen and you think and, about the chris the whole chris watts thing yeah that's, that's like a true. movie yeah it is that's true and that involves an affair yeah so i'll i'll go with what i've got in my head so you know affair gone wrong chase is given an ultimatum you need to choose joey or me she said no i'm not breaking up my family um she's gone back to joey um and chase has basically flipped his lid and 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 gone a bit nuts and and killed them all and again that that's obviously based on what i've heard so far and that that you know it it happens it sounds like it it does happen it sounds like a a good uh theory merrick's trial was delayed repeatedly because he kept firing his lawyers it just goes to show the kind of person he was. Very um, um what's what's the word? Um oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just very gung ho and very, you know, quick to do that. Erratic, he, uh, erratic. I think he was yeah. trying to buy himself time. Oh yeah. Especially with the death, death penalty, penalty being yeah. so I think he just yeah. was scared yeah. of the trial starting and you do anything to stop it from yeah, happening, yeah. And by February 2016, he'd actually gone through five attorneys. Wow. At one point, he actually attempted to represent himself. So oh, I think he's a bit no. of a narcissist as well. Oh, yeah. That's Ted Bundy-esque, that, isn't it? Yeah. Because, oh, Ted Bundy did. Ted Bundy did, yeah, did yeah, yeah, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. The trial finally began on January 7th, 2019, and the prosecution alleged that Chase Merritt's motive was financial gain. They stated that in emails between them both, Joseph accuses Chase of owing him $42,000 from overpayments um, okay. and loans borrowed to him to help pay off his gambling debts. Police also found evidence that Merritt had been taking money from the water fountain business in the lead up to the murders, and they believed that Joseph had recently confronted him about it, possibly at the meeting they had on the day of the family's disappearance. But why kill the family? I know. This is my this is my one fucking question. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand that. You know, fair enough, if he's got beef with the, you know, with the, with Joey. Yeah. This, this is the thing. Fight that, it like, out, you know, do some, you know. You do not kill kids. No, no, not over money, especially, you know, over money. Again, the crime of passion makes a little bit more sense because it's involving a family that he wants to destroy anyway. If mm-hmm. if And again, obviously, it's not true, but if it was a an affair, I can see why that may go to that. Yeah. And I'm not obviously justifying why he's done that because it's fucking awful. But over money doesn't sit right no, with me at all. just say it now that yeah. there's, there's no evidence of an affair. Okay. There's that's... nothing at all that I could yeah. find that even pointed to that. I, I'm just trying to rationalise yeah, it. Yeah, I'm just saying yeah. that, like, we don't want anybody going back thinking, oh, he had an affair. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, absolutely, yeah. It's just, for me, it just doesn't make a lot of sense, Yeah, you know, it, to it, kill it, a whole family. Is, when, I, when I was going through it and, like, making notes, that was, the like, the first thing that I thought of was, like, why, why the kids? Yeah, Why that's the it. kids? What are they going to do? Like, They're defenceless. You know, it, it's, yeah, it's just cowardly. Not even cowardly. kids, they're fucking babies. They're babies, yeah, that's it. Defenceless babies. Defenceless, poor, innocent babies. So after the mixed days disappeared and were ultimately murdered, Chase continued to take money from the business and gambled thousands away at nearby casinos. After the mixed days, uh, sorry, friends of Joseph said he'd allegedly confided in them that Chase was 
doing shoddy work and suspected he was taking money from him. Uh, Daniel Kavanagh. Kavanagh. <laughs> told yeah. police that Joey was considering firing Merritt, who'd racked up massive gambling debts along with unpaid tax bills. And, uh, oh, and along with unpaid tax bills, he owed over $30,000. They theorised that on the day of the murder, Chase Merritt went to the McStay's home and killed the family with a sledgehammer. They believe he wrapped up the bodies, put them in the car and buried them before planting the car near the Mexican, near Mexican border, border a few days later. Uh, however, the defence argued that there was no physical evidence that the family were even murdered in the house, let alone evidence uh, pointing to Chase being the murderer. But as no one realised the McStays were missing for five days, it is possible that Chase would have been able to clean up quite thoroughly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But this is what I don't understand, because if you're bludgeoning someone with a sledgehammer... There'd be a lot of blood, there'd yeah. There'd be a lot of blood. And if it was torture as well. Exactly. Yeah. So there'd be some I form mean, of DNA for, evidence in the house. Something like yeah. drop of blood yeah. on the carpet. Yeah, you know, somewhere there's yeah. got to have been something. But the house wasn't secured by forensics initially, initially, or by the police initially, uh, due to the nature of the disappearance. So the police obviously just thought it was an everyday disappearance. They've gone off to Mexico. We yeah. don't need to secure the house, and people were in and out. So family it was in and out. everything, yeah. So if there was any evidence, it, there is a possibility that it probably would have been destroyed. Yeah. But I still, I still think there'd be blood somewhere. Yeah, there'd, there'd be... In a crevice somewhere. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The defence's argument typically resol- uh, revolved around trying to pin the murders on Daniel Kavanagh. 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 <laughs> so confused. Yeah. And the, the third business associate... They said that the police zeroed in on Chase from the beginning and didn't even look into anyone else, including Dan, as a possibility. Dan was supposedly in Hawaii at the time of the murders. However, the defence told the court that his phone records did not back this up. They also stated that Dan's ex-girlfriend apparently told uh, the prosecutors that he confessed to being responsible for the murders. I just always find it, like, really shady when like exes exes yeah of course they do exes yeah. and crystals yeah <laughs> hell yeah that crystals are the you're, cake you're a fair people ladies your know, bits on the side come out because it's just like they want to hurt you they've got something to gain from yes. like dropping you in some shit yeah it's reported that dan transferred himself thirteen thousand dollars from joseph's paypal account three weeks after his disappearance but because you know, Joey was missing and therefore wasn't able to pay Dan for that month. He's it's took believed the money. he was just getting his wages. Which, yeah, makes sense. Which does make sense. Whereas Mr. Fucking Chase was taking thousands. Yeah. So. Whilst doing shoddy work. Yeah. And whilst, like, gambling and just being a horrible person. <laughs> and then they're trying to pin it on poor Dan just because he was trying to make some dollar. <laughs> well, so so was Mr. Chase. <laughs> <laughs> on June the 19th, 2019, the jury found Chase Merritt guilty of four counts of murder and embezzlement charges. They recommended that they seek the death penalty and the court upheld this. So before the sentence was handed down, six of the mixed days loved ones delivered emotional impact statements in court. 
Joseph's mum, Susan Blake, was quoted saying, This despicable evil monster, how could you beat two precious little babies? How scared were they, Chase? Crying for mommy and daddy, you had a choice, Chase. You are a low-life coward and a baby killer, just a monster. Which is obviously very emotional. Oh, yeah, it's not a nice... Um, it's, that's, that's, you know, again, look, as I said before, it, it's the lowest of the low to kill innocent children is next level. You know, again, if this was a money thing, then, which it sounds like it was, you don't bring an entire family into it. Again, fair enough, you know, murder's obviously wrong anyway, but again, you target Joey, you don't target his entire family, sweet, innocent kids, and his and his innocent wife, although I still think the alias thing's dodgy as anything, but, you know, you, you don't bring innocent people into, you know your personal troubles it, it, it's just unforgivable i know i just can't like as the, the like the nan of the two little boys just to not even know why yeah as well like that must yeah. just be the worst thing in the, the world worst thing. yeah the way she says how scared were they chase just because you know that they they would have been petrified yeah, yeah. Uh, later during the sentence in hearing, Merritt maintained his innocence. And unfortunately for him, he was sentenced to death on the 21st of January 2020. Like. Uh, of his decision, the judge said death was the appropriate verdict for those three offensive uh, offences. The extreme violence and savagery of the nature of the killings uh, outweigh the totality of all the mitigating evidence. Wow. That's... Uh, I'm glad that they, they got some justice. Um, You know, again, anything to do with kids is just Oh, I'll try and choose something next week. Yeah. Um, going to make me want to And again, it goes back to, you know, the Chris Watts thing. That was probably the, the worst thing I've ever heard. Um, the fact that it was his own kids isn't you know that's yeah. probably the only thing that's next level above you yeah know, and I'm and I'm obviously not trying to compare them you know because they're both both stories have innocent children being murdered um and and it's just awful and I'll be honest I'm glad he he did get the death penalty Absolutely. and I really hope that it was a painful painful experience but again you know I can't he's, imagine he's, it uh, he's, he's not yeah, he's not been killed oh yet. he's not being killed no, well I'm hoping when it does um, the, the problem is is that it rarely happens anymore does it that's, that's it the they, they is... tend to live out their sentences yeah. don't they and he, I think he was like 60 odd at this point 50 60 odd so he's whether probably, it will yeah. be in his lifetime well, I'm hoping he suffers a lot in, in I jail. I was just saying the same. And actually, I didn't put this in the notes, but I read it um, before. And Summer's ex-husband uh, was also someone else who did a victim impact statement at the sentencing hearing. And he played a song that Summer said she wanted playing at a funeral. And then he basically said to him, every time... You hear this song? Yeah. Anything that even sounds remotely like this, I hope it basically fucks you up. I want to. I want you to suffer. I want you to psychologically 
fuck yourself up. Like you, you just yeah. was going and good. That's the kind of I mean, revenge that, that's you want. Ex-husband and yeah, yeah. Again, like no matter how how bad your relationship is, you, you never want even a you know an ex partner. You never want them to suffer the, like that way. Oh, you know, God, no. um, they they could do some really brutal things, but you know it, it's still, I imagine. Because they may have ended on good terms. Yeah, I, th- I think you know, they probably did. Yeah. Because otherwise he probably wouldn't have been there. But... Exactly. But even still, you know, it could still affect you. You know, even if they ended Absolutely. on bad terms, you know, that's still... But that is so passionate, like... Yeah. To say that to someone. Because Something so I, powerful. I do, I, that's the thing. It's that powerful. It is powerful. It's not just like, I want to kill you, you're a horrible piece of shit. I want it's, you to rot from the insides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to suffer yeah. so bad in your own head. It's it's like a physical scar. So if you get in a fight with someone and you get a scar from that, you you get a cut from it or something. Say it's in quite a prominent place, like your face. Every time you see that scar, it will take you back to that moment mm-hmm. and it will take you back to the emotion you felt in that moment. And that is the same as what he's just done. Yeah. And, you know, that is so powerful i mean that's if chase even has emotions that's it that's <laughs> it well generally you know yeah, psychopaths like don't yeah. um but yeah it, it's i'm hoping he he, he rots whatever happens to him um all for a bit of money all for money yeah apparently yeah it's just it doesn't seem right like you say to kill the whole family it doesn't seem right but you know i always try to think that like I can't understand it because I'm not in that mindset. Yeah. Like, you can't understand what you can't... You can't comprehend I, it, yeah. I, I can't comprehend it because I'm not, you know, it's not right to me. Whereas if someone is just a crazy... Asshole. They're capable of fucking yeah. anything and doing yeah. anything to anyone, no matter what. No, and definitely. That, if that means killing two little babies, then... You know, people are going to do that. Yeah, it's it, it's really, really is awful. Okay, so um, that's been the story of the McStay family. Um, I really hope that you have enjoyed today's episode. Um, we will be coming out with a, a lot more content over the next few months. Uh, we'll continue, you know, these both unsolved and solved mysteries and and true crime stories. I really want to do about like cruise ships disappearing, but yeah, <laughs> Tom's not into that's it. that's not my cup of tea at all. Um, but as I say, you know, thank you so ghost much ships. for yeah, ghost ships. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for the support on episode one. Um, you know, the feedback's been fantastic, and as I say, you know, continue listening and uh, follow us on social media. We're both on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and yeah, we'll uh, look forward to producing more content and uh, please keep sharing. And uh, once again, thank you very much and we'll look forward to the next episode. See you soon. Bye. Bye.